Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Emma Gunn Show. I'm so pleased that you're joining me. My name is Emma Gunn-Wardner and I am your host. And in this episode, I'm so pleased to be sharing my airwaves with members of the hashtag podfam or hashtag pod squad. Um, it's Jill and Carleen from Breaking Beauty, another fabulous podcast that I'm sure many of you are aware of. They uh, are based in Canada. We had a call over the internet and we just had a good old chat about why we started podcasting, the things that we've learned from actually giving our guests, because like me, they talk to brand owners and people who very much are the beating heart of the beauty industry. So we talk about what they've learned from having the opportunity to really sit and sort of dig into somebody's history of their brand and what makes them tick and how they've got to where they are today. It's really, really fascinating. They had me on their show uh, recently. This is going out in the same week, I believe. So it's such an exciting time to actually have all these podcasts who are doing sort of similar things, and the fact that we can, as I like to call it, cross-pollinate. It feels really nice to have made friends in Canada through the podcast, um, and who are as geeky about uh, reality shows as I am. Sorry, Carleen, I know you felt slightly left out of that conversation, but who uh, have a very similar vibe. They both have print magazine backgrounds, as do I, and so I think that's why so much of what we talked about really resonated. They, I get a lot from their show. They really enjoy listening to this, which is so great. So it's been such a pleasure. And I'm also going to make this one of my 40 days of 40. If you haven't been listening, 40 days of 40 is a celebration of the 40 days in the run up to my 40th birthday, which is on December the 17th, 2017. If you are not listening to this at the time of publish. And I've never really been that good at celebrating my birthday or patting myself on the back when I do a good job, any of those things. And it just really hit home in the last six months or year to six months. And I thought, well, how can I fix this? Obviously, I can't fix it overnight, but how is there anything I can do that would kind of draw a line, start a new chapter? And 40 days of 40 came to me. I'd like to say in a dream, I don't think it was, it just sort of rolled off the tongue. And so it was a while in the making and uh, I'm currently on day eight. So this is going to be part of the early stages of 40 Days of 40 because I'm really in love with the fact that there are podcasts out there, out there like Full Coverage with Lindsay Kelk and Harriet who are fabulous and have also become buddies, that we've got Carleen and Jill in Canada and that we're in touch and I'm sure we'll be sending, have a WhatsApp group and sending each other memes at some point. It feels like we have this growing community of podcasters who all kind of want to get the same thing out of what they're doing, but we will have slightly different ways of doing it, which means that for you guys, you have a huge variety of people who talk about things that you really enjoy. So everyone's a winner as far as I'm concerned. So in this episode, I talk to them about their careers. We talk about what they've learned from the podcast, as I've said, but we also talk about working in the magazine industry, about um, the fact that, is print media dying? Is this a question I hear every day, listeners? Yes, yes, indeed it is. And much more as well. So I really hope that you enjoy it. I'm going to put all the links to Jill and Carleen in the show notes, which you can find on emmaguns.com, and they'll also be in iTunes. And I urge you to go and follow them over on Instagram. And of course, I will be putting the link in that to Breaking Beauty. 
But for now, I think we should just crack on. Just so you know, we did this over the internet. It's a call. We couldn't see each other. So that's why at times there's a slight delay or a little bit of a stutter, because unlike with a conversation where you can see people, you can't really figure out when they're going to draw to a close or when you can pipe up. So there's a few bits of, no, sorry, carry on. That's all right by you. So forgive that because we just really wanted to collaborate. So they very generously gave me loads of real estate on one of their episodes and I wanted to give them a chance to meet you guys and vice versa on this show. So if you bear with the fact that you can tell that the recording is done over the internet and that there are a couple of, um, I don't know, there there are some fade-ins and fades-out, but you get what I'm trying to say. Bear with us. Um, we tried our best. Um, as ever, if you want to get in touch with the show, it couldn't be any easier. All you have to do is contact me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. Although if you are a regular listener and you have been in touch, you know that I do tend to answer my direct messages on Instagram rather frequently. But if you have a longer message, please do feel free to uh, email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. On Instagram, I'm at Emma Guns and I'm also at Emma Guns on Twitter. There is a Facebook page as well so just head there and put in the Emma Gunn show and you will find me too thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoy this Emma Gunn's ex breaking beauty collaboration that you're about to hear 40 only comes around once you've got to celebrate it in style and 40 days of 40 it's amazing genius idea thank you very much I'm proud of it (laughs) even if I did monumentally screw up but I'm excited to chat to you guys now because you gave me such a, a pleasant grilling when I <laughs> came on your show that I think it's only appropriate that um, I grill you pleasantly back. <laughs> awesome. We actually were just working on the edit for that. And that episode we're planning to get out November, what is it, 15th? Yeah, yes. at mid next week. Yeah. So just Amazing. so you know. Yeah. That can be one of my 40 days of 40. Yay. Yeah, that's awesome. So I think we should kick off with all the talk of the fact that there's this lovely pod fam, hashtag pod fam, as I like to call it, of all us beauty podcasters who've kind of yeah. been toiling away at this for quite some time, all kind yeah. of coming together. So my listeners, my lovely, lovely listeners are very familiar with um, why I started the podcast, but I would love to find from you, out from you how, why and how you came to create Breaking Beauty Podcast. Sure. Okay. Well, first of all, this is Jill, Jill Dunn speaking, and we've got Carlene here as well. You will recognize me because I have the terrible voice um, of somebody who has a really bad head cold. So (laughs) I'm Carlene. Okay. So Jill is clear as a bell, listeners, and Carlene is a little bit, she's trying to do sexy Phoebe from Friends. Yeah, it's not so sexy, though, when it's in your nose. It's more sexy when it's the horse throat. So yeah, I'm like the ugly radio voice right now. No, just bear bear with <laughs> us. But it's funny because our, our one of the things that people, our listeners notice about us is I talk really high and I talk really, really fast. And Carlene is I'm the low and slow. Yeah, low and slow. So it's easy, easy to identify us that way. But our sound engineer nicknamed us two tone. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Hashtag two tone. <laughs> but back to your question, I'm going to let t- Carlene take it away. Oh, okay. Um, well, for myself, I mean, Jill had already been working freelance, I think, for five years. Yeah. Having come, we both have magazine backgrounds, just like you. Um, mm-hmm. I had worked at one of the top three fashion magazines in Canada for over 12 years. And that came to an end at the very end of last year when the magazine went out of print and now they just have a digital presence. And I know that's also something that's happening with a lot of magazines I know in the UK and, you know, Teen Mm -hmm. Vogue is the most recent in the US to announce this week. Um, So when that happened, uh, quite frankly, they laid me off, you know, and it made all kinds of sense. I mean, (laughs) I was a print editor. I had been there for freaking eons and I was working on long form features and photo shoots. So I had no business being there anymore. And um, when I left, I was like, okay, I guess I'll try this freelance gig. But Jill and I pretty much immediately went out and had a drink. Yeah. And she was kind of like, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to start a blog? What What are you going to do? And we just started chatting and we were both really into podcasts. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it was a bit of more of a newer thing for me, but I had started listening to podcasts as I walked to work. It was, you know, like a resolution that I had started and I'd been doing it for several months. And I was like, you know, maybe we should get, maybe we should do a podcast or I was thinking of doing a podcast and Jill said, me um, too. Yeah, I was like, I'm obsessed with podcasts. Nobody is doing it in the beauty space. And um, to give a little bit of background about me, I've done print magazine editing for years. And then I worked for a couple of years at a digital upstart. And I also do a lot of television here. So I've just been trying for the last few five to six years to really diversify. And I thought, mm-hmm. what's an area I haven't touched yet that no one else is really delving into? And that was podcasting. And I was also just a huge fan. Like I know you are, Emma. We, mm-hmm. I, you know, started with cereal and now everything in between call your girlfriend to who weekly to um your show and fat mascara and all of this so this pod family really i thought was missing that you know we needed more in the beauty space so that's yeah. sort of how we sat down and then we just thought about angles we were like well are we going to talk to marketing directors of skincare brands like mm-hmm. no that's not fun or interesting for anybody and we were just always so inspired no by offense, the- <laughs> marketers we love you we didn't need that <laughs> No, well, but- love them too, but I don't think I don't think it's compelling audio necessarily. I think yeah. where we really got excited was about the founders and yeah. the people mm-hmm. that are alive and well in the here and now and that are just killing it in the beauty game. And yeah. um, I think you had uh, kind of reflected on this as well, Emma, that you just there was just no space in the magazine yeah, to kind 100%. of communicate those those stories. So we just when we were bouncing this idea back and forth about a podcast, we just landed on the founders pretty much square right away. Yeah, it was really fast actually. And then decided that it had to be a narrative format. So we interview founders primarily. It's called Breaking Beauty, and it's about how these founders broke into the beauty business with their. Um, best-selling idea, best-selling product. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's the thing. Um, all these founders as journalists, you get to spend a lot of time with them. You know, you get invited to teas or one-to-ones and you learn so much and it makes a few lines in the magazine. So it just, I can completely understand why it felt totally right to give them space to breathe (laughs) in a podcast. You know, and I think, and audio is the perfect place to do that. You get and you get up close and personal. It's very intimate, and there's a lot of ways to talk about beauty as you know, rather than just like a product shot and a and a cut line in a magazine. Yeah. And we really wanted mm. to explore that. This is it. This is it. And also, I think you mentioned a couple of things that I'm really interested in. In that you talked about finding a white space. And I remember when I launched my podcast, I did it very quietly, and then a friend of mine just sent me a message saying you clever girl, you found a white space. This is going to be, and I didn't know what a white space was at that point. I was like, what now? What is that? But coming, why I bring that up is because coming from the print background is so established that you don't have to think about a white space or you certainly didn't a few years ago because you were on a magazine and nobody saw magazines closing as being something that was in the near future you just kind of as you say you were talking about you know you can pull together shoots I bet you could pull together a shoot overseas in one afternoon figure it all out write the feature and you know you knew exactly what you were doing it's a very slick machine but then actually being able to find an area that hadn't been tapped into that played into your strengths like that's not the easiest thing to do like figuring that out I don't know. It was the first thing that popped in our head somehow when we went out for drinks that day. We were just both like simpatico. We're like, podcast, let's do it. You know, a little little champagne. And it just came to, you know, came into our minds. I think it was Prosecco. Let's Prosecco, get real. Still, yeah. still on the writer budget. <laughs> yeah, right. We did p- tell people we were launching and some people just totally scratched their heads and they're like, I don't get it. Like you can't swatch mm-hmm. things on a podcast. Like it's so visual. Yeah. What are you talking about? And we were like, there's more, you can go deeper. You can, you can educate, you can, it's more intimate. It's storytelling. And then mm-hmm. I think over time people are starting to get it. It's like 10 years ago, people didn't know what blogs were either. Yeah. It's just a different way of consuming content. content, You know what I mean? And I think obviously this is the story around podcasts as a whole, but like as busy as we are, like you can't watch your screen while you're driving. You can't watch your screen while you're doing the dishes, multitasking, doing all of the things that we do in a day. And that's why podcasts are genius and people want to hear from every category that they consume content in, you know, in, in the other ways as well. Yeah, so absolutely. I think it's a natural progression. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. And I'm so happy that more and more podcasts are cropping up and that everyone's kind of, as I like to call it, cross-pollinating and (laughs) getting this audience. We need to get those girl gang jackets. We need to get what, sorry? Those like girl gang jackets, like beauty podcast gang. Pod squad. Yeah, Yeah. pod squad. (laughs) Um, Emma, I have aspirations of someday having a beauty, doing a beauty podcast festival and getting us all together and inviting all the listeners. So put that in your, you know, three-year plan or something. Is is this going to be the Coachella of podcasts? I think so. (laughs) It's going to be a beauty one. There's going to be lots of freebies. It's going to be so fun. Oh, there'll be brow bars as far as the eye can see. (laughs) (laughs) Waxing stations. (laughs) No, I'm totally down for it, though. Totally down. Can you imagine? We can... uh, But yeah, Glastonbury for beauty. Let's make it happen. (laughs) Let's take this conversation offline and hatch a plan over Prosecco. I like this. Um, What has been, for you guys, one of the side effects or one of the things that's come out of having the podcast that you didn't expect, which has been a lovely surprise? Hmm. Good question. Shall I um, prompt you with a little bit of insight of my own? Yes, let's oh, hear it. Okay. Well, no, for me, it's a, it's a few things. First of all, I, um, when you do a podcast for the first time, as you know, you are talking to, you're putting it out in the ether and you don't know who's going to receive it. So when you start getting... Uh, emails back or people getting in touch with you that's a most incredible feeling the other thing is for me personally I don't know if you guys find this but a lot of the people who I've had on my show and I do want to ask you in a second how you choose your guests but particularly in the early days a lot of the people that I invited on were people that I had known for a while that I already had good relationships with who I wanted to um, tell their story on the show but it's made me really good friends with all my guests like I've become it's built these really solid foundations of friendship which I just was a lovely thing I didn't expect right yeah it's a different um experience and dynamic I guess than after just interviewing you know in magazine world it was like you have eight minutes with so and so you know at an event and it was you didn't have that same level of bonding I guess yeah and I think I think for us I mean we we feel really this is in talking to you, you're one of the only guests that we've talked to that's been over the internet where you're not sitting right in front of us. So we felt from day one that it was really important to have the person sitting right in front of us for all those things that you just mm-hmm. mentioned, um, yeah. that you get that mm-hmm. connection, you get more of the eye contact, they can relax a little bit more. And in fact, we just interviewed the Drunk Elephant founder, <laughs> Tiffany Masterson, and she said it. It was it was not in the episode, but she said, I'm so relieved or I was so relieved when I found out that this was there's no camera. People, I think, open up a little bit more when and maybe it shouldn't be that surprising, but they're not as don't feel the need to or the pressure to be as polished maybe as they would on a TV camera where they know they're just going to be a soundbite. Yeah, I agree because I think I think most uh, brand owners that we obviously speak to were probably so used to doing magazine interviews that they always felt very comfortable with that forum. But then when vlogs and blogs appeared and they were being photographed speaking to people, they obviously ended up uh, getting used to a different kind of thing and being more public facing. And it is, I, I totally agree with you. Every single guest is, you know, when I've had people come over to my flat, for example, and we just end up lying on the sofas and just yeah. when I've gone to people's offices and, you know, shoes up, <laughs> shoes off, everything like that, we just end up doing the podcast like practically horizontal because it's just there's no pressure to look good. I guess the one thing that we yeah exactly you don't have to do your hair and makeup I guess the one thing about us being in Toronto which is a smaller market we're often interviewing people that are coming to town so sometimes we're in their hotel suite or or that kind of thing so we don't we can't necessarily invite them around because they only have a you know a a short window of time so I wouldn't say we necessarily like hung out with people afterwards but I all I think almost always the conversation keeps sort of going even after Mm we uh we have the amount of time that we get with them is much longer than, you know, what we would have had in the past. But Mm -hmm. what I've noticed that I really enjoy is that there's a level of excitement about talking to us because it's, it feels like a new forum and 
mm-hmm. most of them have not done podcasts before. So they're genuinely excited to do it. Yeah. And I think that's what's really great about being in a new space, even within podcasting that's been around for 10 years, Yeah, is um, it feels new to the beauty industry and they're pumped about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is, it's the newness and the excitement. And you said earlier, you feel like people who maybe previously thought podcasting, podcasting, and now much more open to it and see it as a viable vehicle for getting brand messaging across and giving people a platform. Do you really feel like people are warming up? Oh, yeah. Every single day. Yesterday, we had two or three inquiries of people wanting to um, appear on the show and help us communicate their story. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think uh, particularly in London and New York and in L.A., people really, really get it. I think Toronto is just a smaller market, so people are warming up to it in this beauty space. But we're going to we anticipate we're at the right place at the right time and it's just going to keep taking off from here. And we would love to be a weekly at some point, just like you are. So, um, you know, hopefully there'll be enough interest to. Um, to to get us to that point. But generally, we've kind of found there's a bit of a divide. And I I really think it just comes down to whether you're a podcast person or not. So Mm -hmm. if we're speaking to somebody who they themselves listen to podcasts, it's like they get it immediately. They're like, wow, you guys are fucking killing it. And then if you Mm -hmm. talk to somebody who doesn't listen to podcasts and doesn't even know where to find it on their phone, or where to find podcasts in general, it's a harder sell. And we've kind of learned in in the eight months since we started, we're, we just kind of move on. It's like we have to pick and choose where we're going to spend our time. Let's talk to people who are excited, who want to be a part of it, mm-hmm. want to collaborate, and just keep moving in that direction. Mm. Have you had lots of people contact you who want to start their own podcast? Um, I've had a few people ask me, people are always curious about the process. Um, Where do you record? How do you record? How do you edit? What is your process like? So I think people are um, marinating the idea maybe of starting their own. And we actually went to a podcast festival that was in Toronto a few weeks ago. And a lot of the content in that podcast festival, a lot of they were talking about what makes a good idea for a podcast. I think in, in the whole theater was completely packed. Everyone in the city is is really interested in trying to get in on it. Um, we haven't necessarily had any listeners reach out about starting one, but I anticipate that they, and that they will. And by all means, if people have questions, reach out to us. Um, mm-hmm. But if through Instagram at Breaking Beauty or at our website, breakingbeauty.ca, by all means, we're super into it. Or inter- interested in like sharing the love and sharing the information. Um, so you guys don't have to sign up for a garage band, <laughs> garage band <laughs> lessons with a random guy. <laughs> We'll give you we'll give you the the lowdown on that. So your tagline. So your tagline. Oh, I just got some echo there. Your tagline on the website is best selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. Mm-hmm. And you, uh, when I came on your show, you asked me to sum up my podcast in a nifty little soundbite, and I failed miserably. So I'm going <laughs> to put the spotlight on you now and say, if you wanted to sum up your show. Uh, For these listeners who may be interested in downloading Breaking Beauty, and I suggest that you obviously do because it's an excellent podcast, um, how would you do it? Well, it's funny we did we we had a whole list of um, of potential taglines, and we just went in a room and we just said them all out loud. And now I can't even remember what half of them were because I'm just so obsessed with the the best selling beauty products and the damn good stories behind them. Yeah, I mean that really is what it's about. And you know, our our idea for that is that we're going to be digging in the crates a little bit more rather than just focusing on what the newest launches are. Like, I'd love to have. Frank Toskin, who's one of the original co-founders from Mac, come on the show and talk to us about like the making of lip gloss. Oh, you know? lip gloss. Yeah. So I love that kind of nostalgia. And um, I really would love to just focus on the hero products, not necessarily what's the number one bestseller at Sephora right now, mm-hmm. although we do do that. We just did that with Drunk Elephant. So it's about it's about the icons and the icons in the making. But I just love the idea of like, again, as an editor, like helping people edit, you know what I mean? And if you're just talking about Mm -hmm. every freaking thing all the time, well, that's not much of an edit. So I, you know, I think it's about helping, helping people, they just want to know what's good. You know what I mean? And we have a lot of background in that area. So even if we have to go back and kind of refresh and you know, revisit things that we experienced maybe eight years ago in a press junket. Like that's what we want to do. Yeah. 
But another way mm-hmm. that we we do sum it up lately is um, we're like a how I built this, but for beauty. So how I built this is is a big um, NPR podcast about entrepreneurship. So we're sort of like the beauty and a little bit of business thrown in there, and you also get some, get some takeaway. One of my favorite feed like some of the favorite feedback that we've gotten is people are like I've never even heard of this brand or I've never heard of this product, but I literally bought it this weekend. And I think that mm-hmm. we're trying to like communicate that excitement around the products that are really worthwhile as well, and not um, and not just those flash in the pan kind of things. For listeners who don't know, NPR's National Public Radio, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. How I Built um, This is a great podcast as well. Oh, we'll yeah. have to put the link in for that too. Yeah. It, listen listen to the one with the Spanx founder, yeah. uh, Sarah Blakely. It just yeah. blow, it blows you so away. Good. Yeah. So tell me, you've how many shows do you have live now? Is it 15? Was the, we're think, about to this. We're about to launch our fourteenth next week, and then fifteenth will be the beginning of December. So slowly but surely, getting up to those uh, the twenty yeah. somethings. What do how, um, how do you choose your guests? And are there any guests who have really left a lasting impression on you in the time that you've been doing the show? Well, we started off with a wish list mm-hmm. of founders and are our, our- ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Our main thing from the beginning was like, we want these people to be in the here and now. We They need to be alive and well. We want to speak to them. I mean, we've been pitched heritage brands as well. But um, what makes, I think, this feel current is we want to talk to people who are really shaking up the game. And I and we wanted people to have a hook or feel timely and fresh. Um, and then we just want to pe- pick people that have um, super engaged followings and who have a really awesome story to tell. I think it starts there. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely about, I don't know, to me, I think it's about the story, you know, how good is their story? What When we dreamed up this idea, Lev Glasman of Fresh was one of our original inspirations. Um, I'm sure you know Lev's backstory, originally being from communist Russia, where, you know, his um, mother used to take him to black markets to buy her contraband perfume And those are the types of stories that we recalled hearing from them and never being able to help retell those stories. So it was kind of a Mm -hmm. dream of ours to have him on the show. And we did. I think that was like our fourth or fifth episode. That's right. Um, Charlotte Tilbury is on my, you know, wish list. I just think she she's got to have a bag of stories growing up in Ibiza. And, yeah, you know. And we realized um, very early on about the power of anecdotes in in audio storytelling. And so, yeah. someone like Charlotte Tilbury, who's designed the trends all over the world, she's seen the backstage. She's best friends with Kate Moss. Um, she's going to have some stories up her sleeve, and we want to help draw those out. Yeah. And I think that we wanted to have. Uh, feature some brands that have a few years under their belt too. I mean, we we featured some newer um, newer success stories too. But people who have been around for a while, seeing trends yeah. come and go, they're going to have those juicier stories yeah. that uh, we want to communicate mm-hmm. to people. We just always think of it again, like the way we would write a feature. We're like, what's the angle? What's the hook? You know, what's what is the real story here? And that's how we go about picking who's going to be on the show. Yeah. I think that's so the questions that I get from listeners. It's um, about podcasts and it'll be about products, but a lot of it is how did you get into magazines or how did you get into writing about beauty? How did you then think about podcasting? So would you mind telling the listeners your stories about how you got into your roles on magazines? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, this is Jill speaking, obviously. Um, I started in uh, – I moved to Toronto. I'm from a small place in Canada called Prince Edward Island where Anna Green Gables is, was written about. Um, and so I moved to Toronto in 2002. And in 2003, there was several magazines that launched at the same time. There was Glow Magazine. Um, I think it was Lulu Magazine and Elle Canada. And I happened to apply for an internship at Elle Canada and I got the internship and they needed the most help in the beauty department. And so I just sort of put my head down, did everything, organized the closet, stuffed the envelopes, write those, wrote those little um, newsy bits at the beginning, went to events, all of those things. And I just was like, my dream was to just work in magazines. So I just did everything I could to... Uh, you know, wore a lot of hats and I ended up getting a job there. So it was for me just really good timing. There's very few people I think that can say their first internship turned into a job. So I worked there Mm -hmm. for uh, three years and then I moved to work at another beauty publication, sort of like it was, it's no longer in print, but it's called Glow Magazine. It's like the allure of Canada. And I worked there for five years. That was a very service oriented magazine. So I wrote a lot of how to's. So that was sort of like where I honed in on and I produced shoots and I did all of that stuff as well. And and then I left there in 2010 to start um, to work on the, the startup of a website called 29secrets.com because so, I wanted to get the digital. I c- could sort of see what was coming. And so it, that was in 2010, got those skills, um, worked there for a couple of years. And then I started doing television in uh, on the Marilyn Dennis show. In CT- in, it's on CTV here in Canada, which is like Marilyn is kind of for lack of a better I don't know how to describe it, but a lot of people say she's like the Oprah of Canada. She's she's like a daytime television queen. And so I do a lot of beauty service-oriented segments on her show, and I've been doing that for five years, freelancing doing that, freelance writing. Um, I write a lot about celebrities for like Hello Magazine as well. So, And now doing the podcast, and I have a YouTube channel as well. So it all just kind of like it started with the storytelling and working in magazines, and then just I – over time, it just naturally evolved into a lot of different mediums. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where Carlene, when I worked at Glow Magazine, Carlene worked across the hall from me at uh, at her magazine. Ah, interesting. And so I read something um, that you started off by answering phones. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's... Um, it's interesting how I got into magazines because I, when I went to university, I applied to journalism school at a couple of different institutions and didn't get in. Um, my grades weren't high enough because I had a couple of years in high school where I was just smoking joints under bleachers and not paying enough in t- attention to my studies until the 11th hour. Um, and so I ended up taking, you know, general arts. I actually specialized or, um, in environmental studies. And, um, then when I went into the job market, I remember I just like blanket sent out resumes. I think it was on like monster.com or whatever it was called. And I sent it out to so many places and I ended up getting randomly a job at Salon Magazine, which is a, um, trade publication for the salon industry and I think my title was front desk clerk and yes I answered phones um what else did I do you know just photocopying uh the most mundane tasks really but I did uh work myself my way up and started writing and people gave me chances because I did want to write you know and um I was people encouraged me and a few years later I was poached by Flair Magazine, um, somebody who I used to work with, the art detect- art director, Jeff Hannaford, went over there and he remembered me and there was an opening and he was like, you got to you gotta scoop her up. So that's how it all started. And then I worked my way up at Flair from, uh, I think I was in the production department and ended up as fashion and beauty director. So spent most of my years as a beauty editor and yeah now I'm freelance and writing for various publications I'm also working on launching my own site which uh, will be mm-hmm. geared toward women over 35 um, mm-hmm. who don't want to be ignored anymore and that's the focus of that I'm really excited to be launching that in the next couple of months I want to ask you both a question then because we have both forged careers in industries where in the early stages, you do grunt work or bitch work, depending on whatever you want to call it. You often work for free. And then when you do get a break, I don't know if this happened to you, but I definitely had the 
it would be great exposure. So if you could do it, we don't have any money, but you get a byline. And it's that sort of thing. At what point, at some point you have to have a sit down and a talk with yourself and understand your worth. Yeah. Right. And I mean, there's that, there's that great soundbite that's like people die from exposure. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I always keep that in mind. It is something that I tell interns and people who are grinding it out like exactly to your point especially in this day and age I just think people should get credit where credit is due and in fact they really crack down here in Canada where there used to be on the masthead of the magazines there used to be like as many interns on the masthead as there were editors and I think they just really cracked down on that and now you can only intern if you're in school and getting school credit for it am I right Carlene? Yep that's right I remember that from our team the transition that happened when we were managing interns I myself have never been an intern but I think I'm definitely have been subject to uh, the fact that magazine editors in general are not paid very much and Mm -hmm. haven't been for a long time. So you are expected to work, you know, around the clock, basically, especially now with social media. Um, And, and the pay is not that good. And I sort of had a come to Jesus moment at one point, um, you know, where I, I literally like turned in my resignation and, and my editor turned around and gave me a great raise that made it all worthwhile. So I think in terms of like a teachable, it you know, you have to, yeah, you do have to work hard and you have to do a lot of grunt work. I agree with that. You're not just going to come in and start, you know, barking orders at other people or like leading, you know, the content. But um mm-hmm. But you do have to realize when you've crossed a threshold Mm -hmm. and you're still and Mm -hmm. you're now being exploited for something that you that you've basically mastered. You know, when you cross that threshold, you have to you have to call it out and you have to take a risk and, Mm -hmm. you know, demand what you feel like you're really worth. And if not, don't be afraid to get out there and do your own thing. Because I, yeah, I think like now there's more options than ever to have a blog, have a YouTube, be a, Insta- have a podcast. Yeah, have a podcast, you know, create content that you really are passionate about and want to create. And I think there's just this whole culture now of you have a nine to five, where especially if you work in media, you have a nine to five where you're doing your thing. And then there's this whole movement now, what they call the five to nine. Right. Mm-hmm. Where what everyone does at night when they go home and right. especially for people. In, pardon? The side hustle. Yeah, yeah, the side hustle. It's all about the side hustle right now. And, and if five to nine is like never been more um, relevant. And I, 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 mm-hmm. I know very few people that aren't working on two to three to four things. Yeah. And that was Emily Weiss uh, when she started into right. the gloss, which you can hear on our Glossier episode. But she was she was the five to nine, five a.m. to yes. nine a.m. Yes. She worked on into the gloss yeah. for what was it a year before when she was working at Vogue. She had her side hustle, but she got up early, early in the morning, edited all her photos, did all the blogs. And so when yeah. people see um, the, those success stories, um, sure, she, you know, she had a lot of great connections, but there's there's no substitute for that, that grinding it out, that hard work. Um, yeah, completely. Totally hear you. Totally hear you with that. Getting bad feedback. Getting- Sorry. Yeah, it's better now. I was getting terrible feedback. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's been this mass, um, this massive shift in people understanding that they're worth more than they're being given credit for financially or whatever, or even in respect, basic respect in certain industries. And the fact that they're saying, well, if you're not going to appreciate my skills, I'm going to use them in a way that benefits me and I don't have to answer to anybody and I will set my value, which I think is a really interesting and positive shift. Well, a hundred percent. I mean, when us as editors started looking at YouTubers and bloggers, when they were going out on their own, you know, it's hard in the beginning and you do have to put in a lot of um, sweat equity but I mean, the amount of dollars that they were commanding compared to us, we were just like, wait, you're still in high school. Like we actually <laughs> went to university and have degrees and like experience and none of that mattered. It was just like the amount of money they were bringing in compared to us was um, was unbelievable. And it's not like everybody can can be a star, but I think the barrier to entry is really low. And if you have an mm-hmm. original idea, go for it. 
Yeah. And I think this is something that women, that women are, it's, it's just really tough because I think a lot of women sell themselves short all the time in every industry. And, um, I think you, you, you don't really see that with men quite as much. So I think that's, there's an important lesson here that you do need to sort of just recognize your worth and, and grind it out and you can make something really special happen. It's a good lesson to learn. I think you're right. And I, when I had Jen Sincero on the show, she has a whole chapter in her book, um, how to be a badass at making money about how men are brought up to talk of, use very different vocabulary around money. Absolutely. And women, we have to change it. Yeah. And women just tiptoe around it. Do you think, could I just, and just like the, (laughs) you know, and I don't, um, I just don't think that does anybody any favors. And one of my favorite things about Emily Weiss, when we met with her, it didn't make it into our episode, but she just straight up talks about money all the time. She's like, it cost a million dollars. I had to raise a million dollars to start Glossier. And even just hearing that coming out of her mouth was was amazing because yeah. whoever talks about that, um, especially as a female, and then we went on to ask her about what she wore to the venture capital meetings and how she presented herself, and mm-hmm. and she said she basically sure. was going in to sell an idea, and and that just speaks to her confidence. She's like, I had a dr- mm-hmm. an idea and a spreadsheet basically, yeah. and well, nothing and, mo- and not a lot more. And I hate to say it, but I think a lot of the reasons why a lot of editors and magazines don't make very much money on the whole, I'm speaking from Canada, I can't speak to other countries, but is because they're mostly women yeah. who work there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in terms of the whole pay equity thing, I think that's one of the reasons why across the board, the salaries are pretty low for the amount of time that yeah. you put in and the amount of skills that you have to have and talent. Yeah. And it's been a dollar a word as a freelancer since the 70s. Yeah. And, I and just, now it's less. And now it's actually less if you're writing for online. So I think these are all things to... I mean, I don't know about in the UK, but certainly here, that's what uh, mm-hmm. that's what the going rate is, guys. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. It, it, I remember when I went freelance, it was at a it was at a point when the rate per the per word rate had just gone down, and it was like, oh my goodness! So I have to write twice as much to earn the same as I was earning, you know, two months prior. Like that seems like a. It wasn't that dramatic, but you know, it was pretty. You had to work harder, do more work to earn the same. It was yeah. like, what? That seems completely. Who was it? It was one of you who had, who had said to me, I remember we were talking and said, if I went into a bank and spoke to a bank manager and was like, this is my business model, they would be like, this is not a smart, you know. Yeah. yeah. I said that to you when we did the um, podcast. Sure. We were saying, if I went into a bank and said, I'd like to start up a print magazine, this is my business plan. They'd just walk you out of the building. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and there and there comes a point too where you're just like, what what is my creative output, um, and what what am I really producing that I'm proud of? And I think that that's one thing for me I can say about the podcast is I'm super proud proud of what we're doing and and you know um, reaching a new audience and telling these awesome stories and I and when you're writing just you're just never getting off that wheel and I did it for three three of the first four three of the first five years that I was freelance and I just never stopped writing and you get to mm-hmm. a point where you're like is this my best work I'm not really sure so I think it is important to sort of take stock also of what you're doing and and. And if you're giving all your great ideas to somebody else, is it really worth it? Maybe you take your ideas and you um, you start something great on your own. That's that's a brilliant way of looking at it. Totally. Why work for someone else if you can use all of that for to feather your own nest and to um, feel that you're putting out there the stuff that you really want to put out there? Yeah. Now, before we before we sign off, what time is it in Canada, by the way? Oh, it's uh, two thirteen p.m. Okay, so it's not, um, it's 7.15 here. Um, wow. We have to talk about something really important. Okay. And I, <laughs> I'm i looking at Jill, if I could look at Jill. Uh, Real Housewives <laughs> and Reality TV. Oh, yay. Okay, good. <laughs> hit me, hit me yeah. up. You watch a bit of this too, though, right, Colleen? Uh, I just started watching RuPaul's Drag Race on Netflix. Oh. I'm behind. I have a vial of blood to send you to wear around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> perfect i just got a text this morning from my friend bethany who just sent me a text and said i just finished season four of southern charm so good have you watched that one 
I haven't watched Southern Charm, no. no. <laughs> it's not really good, but it's uh, it's just another one to add to the list. I think I've seen bits of it. I feel like all of a sudden, and I'm not angry about it, lots of Real Housewives franchises have just suddenly cropped up like Dallas. Yeah. There's a, is there a Toronto one? No, there's a Vancouver one. There was there was Toronto. It just aired this summer. Okay. Um, there was yeah. a uh, yeah. It was interesting. I'll send you the link if I can find any episodes on online. I watched it. I watched it all, of course. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't really it, well. It wasn't really the people that I thought they would pick. But I was interested in uh, in the storylines. Well, let's face it. If they just do a real podcasters of iTunes or something, we have to be in there somehow. <laughs> definitely i love this idea it would be amazing we just basically want to have a festival where we all get to hang out that's essentially the thing but um obviously we uh we have some real housewives uh we had a fan off didn't we we enjoy real housewives oh yeah i love it all erica jane erica jane is my favorite right now but did you see the saturday night live sketch where they basically saw her a new one (laughs) <laughs> they did. I saw that on the weekend. And I thought at first I was like, are they, are they going there? Are they, are they? And that, yeah, they, when she brought out the backup dancers, I was like, oh yeah, there, Erica Jane is now a caricature worthy of being made fun of on, uh, on SNL. And she just posted it on her Instagram and was like, wait, what? I, which I thought was excellent. Yeah. Erica Jane is fantastic. Listeners, if you don't know, Erica Jane is one of the housewives in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and she is everything. Yeah, I think her tagline is, I'm a riddle wrapped in an enigma wrapped in cash. What does that even mean? <laughs> exactly. I mean, yes, it's a riddle. And I get it, Erica Jane, but it doesn't mean anything. There's no solvable yeah. riddle within that. What are the what are the big ones, uh, big reality shows that you guys have that we don't have here? Okay, so we have The Anyway is Essex. Okay. Which is um, TOWIE for short which is follows the lives, loves and tribulations of young, glamorous, somewhat wealthy people in the county of Essex. But every single season, it's the same thing. Just they choose three different characters. So there's a bit of a love triangle and a couple of people fall out. And the entire series is people going, just as long as we can be civil, just as long as we can be in the same room and be civil, and, and there'll be some ag, which means aggravation. So there's like a row. They're like, oh, there's some ag going on. Yeah. So there's always ag. And yeah. then people need to be civil. Yeah. And then, you know, more and more. So there we go. So there's the Anyways Essex. What else is there? Made in Chelsea. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't seen that one, but I've, I've heard people talk about it on Twitter. So that's pretty similar to the Anyways Essex except the vocabulary is different because they're really, really posh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I feel like that, yeah, Chelsea, you, you sort of know that they're, that's where, like, the poshest, richest people live, right? Yeah, and it's very glamorous. And But, yeah, those are essentially... Then there's Geordie Shaw, which is a oh, yeah. off of Jersey Shore. Hilarious. I've seen that Good one. Name. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand it, though? Can you understand the accents? Oh, well, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty intense. Yeah. (laughs) I'll leave it at that. In conclusion, (laughs) thank you for joining me. I'm so glad that we have been able to do a cross-pollination, Breaking Beauty and the Emma Gunn Show. Thank you. And we really want you to tell us if you ever, ever come to Toronto where we want to have a drink and vice versa. We want to come to your flat and take off our shoes and lie on your couch. You can absolutely do that. And I will <laughs> let you share my Cox and Cox faux fur throw, which is one of my favorite things that I have. Oh, sounds cozy. I yeah. love that. It's very cozy. Yeah. But if I'm in Toronto, I will hit you up and I'll make you take me to all the bars that the Real Housewives of Toronto went to in the Shatuma oh, show. Definitely. Yeah. Live uh, podcast. Right and there. we can take you like on the Justin Bieber tour of where he stays <laughs> and <laughs> where the weekend. You have some cool Canadians because you have Gosling and Reynolds. You have yeah. Beth Ryan. Yeah. We have the boat we have the hottest Ryan's yeah. of and yeah. of any uh any Ryan's out there. We also have Justin Trudeau, which, you know, he's pretty cute as yeah, prime minister. So um, who else do we have that's kind of hot right now? Well, The weekend, um, he is, you know, he just broke up with Selena Gomez, but The weekend is from Toronto. Drake, obviously, is from Toronto. He's um, he's really helped put Toronto on the map. So there's lots of cool, cool 
things coming out of here. Maple syrup. <laughs> Wasn't break in everybody, every person of my age's only reference of Canada. Wasn't he in Degrassi Junior High? Yes. Yep. Yes. He, he was in was. the second incarnation. So the very first one that was on was called Degrassi Junior High. And um, well, it aired in the 80s and early 90s, which is like our Carlene and I's time frame. Thank and you, and then he was in the second incarnation of it. And I believe it's like shot close to your house. Right? I was going to say, and I live off of Degrassi Street. <laughs> no, you in- don't. I do. Uh, Please put that picture on Instagram and tag me in it. I will. A picture of the Degrassi sign, 100%. Yes, Yes, please. With with some urgency, Carly. (laughs) I will. Um, It's been such a pleasure. So listeners, what I'm going to do is I'm sure that by now you are cock-a-hoop about subscribing to Breaking Beauty Podcast on the uh, Apple Podcast app. So I'm going to be putting all of the links, not only to the podcast, the website, but also to Carleen and Jill's social media handles so that you can follow them and tag them in your pictures of reality TV set locations because it seems like a good thing to do. Absolutely. Please do. We want to know, UK listeners, who which founders you want to hear on our show as well. Yeah. We have a lot great. We have a lot of great listeners from London that have been reaching out to us. So let us know um, if there's anybody else on your wish list. Okay, you have been told. So, guys, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. I feel we've now we've done this twice. I feel like third time does need to be in the flesh over definitely beauty putting it in the universe. Yeah, beauty podcast besties. Yes, pod fam, pod squad, all of the squads, all of the pod hashtags that we can think of. Um, thank you again and thank you listeners for tuning in thanks Emma take care bye bye it's me again I hope you enjoyed that episode of the show thank you so much for listening as ever if you want to get in touch couldn't be easier just drop me an email at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com tweet me at Emma Guns I'm also on Instagram as at Emma Guns and please do feel free to get in touch I would love to hear from you if you enjoyed that episode with Jill and Carly and I urge you to go and download subscribe do all of the nice things that you can do with a podcast Um, I will put the link in the show notes and also go and follow them on all of their social channels. And again, all of those links will be in the show notes and in my various Instagram posts. Thanks once again. And I hope you tune into the next episode of The Emma Gunn Show. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.